0: following sermon audio is from love city church cincinnati more audio and information about love city church can be found at www.mylovecitychurch.org uh i had well we know the season the series we in is in uh, season um so it's a. Uh, Paul charging Timothy with uh, making sure that we're ready to preach the word in season and out of season. Uh, I think it was Jordan when he when he ministered um, the first time. I think he started off the season, right, Jordan? Andrew, well, Jordan Jordan started him up, though. That's what that's what it was. Yeah, he queued him up. And when Jordan did that, he he talked about basically what what Paul is talking about there is in season and out of season is basically just being ready to preach at all times. That's what I was getting to. Um, so of course when we came up with this this series I was kind of on that but I wanted to I wanted to be obedient to it Um, make sure that I was in season so within the last year I'm gonna go over some of the things that happened with me and my family um, and my loved ones just a few of those Uh, but to to build up to that I gotta I gotta go back a little bit is that okay all right so 27, I received Christ, right? Um, I'm, I'm 39 now, if, if I don't look it, okay? All right, um, so I received Christ at 27. Um, y'all kind of know a little bit about me from my past or whatever, so we don't, we don't need to go into all that, but at 27, I'm, I'm, I'm beginning to learn Christ and, and move into things of Christ. Uh, at a certain point, the Lord was going to begin to teach me how to hear from him. Um, I think that's important for believers, uh, that we have to learn how to hear from God. Not just know the word, but to, to actually hear God speaking to us. and Because he wants that, he wants a relationship with us, right? And at this point, I'm trying to be open to the things that he's doing, and and, and that's basically as simple as that is how he made it. You just need to be open um, to hear me. I'm going to use people, places, and things, and I'm going to speak to you, and I just need you open. And so I'm working at this metal foundry and this um, I think a lot of the guys were kind of watching me as I changed I worked at this founder for six years But in that time frame I had received Christ so they was watching me closely people are watching you if you don't know They watching you and some of the uh, the guys were from Guatemala And they came to me and they was like they were catch me like reading the Bible in the break room and things like that And so the little bit by little bit all of them kept wanting to let me know that they were walking in Christ like they were believers, too and this one guy, his name was uh, Padre, which is what we called him. Young guy, I don't even think he stayed here that long. It could have just been purposeful for why he did it. He came to me and he said, he said Steve, I wanna invite you to uh, my church. I said, okay, that's cool. I'm hearing the Lord, you know, take the invitations, be open. He said, but there's a problem. Everybody don't speak. Nobody speaks English at my church. So what we're going to do is we're going to go to an English church first that's kind of like sister with his, and then then you're going to go to my church. So I'll go to an English one where I can hardly understand anything, and then you'll come to mine where you can hardly understand anything. I'm like, okay, I guess, Lord. (laughs) We'll work it out. So we go to the English one first. Um, I remember he he was was one of them Seventh-day Adventist guys. So we go to the English one first. I heard him preaching. We're doing a message, and uh, I dropped that. Don't mind that. Um, It was cool. Got it. Boom, boom, boom. You know, and then the following week, we were going to go to his. So we go. And he's he's all kind of nervous. He's like, man, I got a sister. She kind of speaks a little bit of English, and she's going to try to sit by y'all and translate. And I'm like, okay, all right, get up there. He can't find the sister. Everybody speaks nothing but Spanish. Like it's just, it's it's, it's nothing. Nobody there is going to be able to speak English. He can't find them. The service has already started, and I'm not tripping about it. I'm, I'm, I'm singing the praise and worship, man. I don't know the words that they singing. I'm making up my own words. (laughs) I'm just like, we just praising the Lord, man. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just fill in what I feel, you know. And uh, I remember right when it was time for the sermon to go up. He still hadn't found anybody, and he come, up, he come by me, and he's like, I don't know, I don't know what to do, I'ma just try, he's gonna be trying to be the translator. He like, I'ma try to translate everything. The minister at the service, though, knew something that everybody else didn't know. So he gets up, and he begins to speak to everyone, and he, he says, today we have a guest. And the guest is from Columbus, he's a native out of Columbus. So this guy gets up, he's a black guy like me, native out of Columbus. He don't speak a lick of Spanish. <laughs> the whole church need a translator, because, <laughs> except for me, right? <laughs> okay, so I'm sitting there, I'm just soaking it up, man, right? <laughs> he, uh, So, but this guy, I remember this, man, he starts off, with his um, He starts off, before he gets into the scripture, what I'm finna start off with today. It was a story that he, that he led in with, and I'll never forget this story. One, because he used an author of somebody when I was 27 that I read. That was the first book, Christian book, that I ever read. He used that particular author, and he told this story, and I, I'll never forget it, man. And that's, what we're going to be talking about today is, is, this is what I mean, how God is an orchestrator, you know what I mean? If you would just be open to receive and hear from God, man, he will orchestrate things in your life beyond your understanding, you know what I mean? So this guy went on with this story. Let me pull this up real quick. Now, <clears throat> I try to shorten this as best as I could. So if you go to Google the original version of this story, it may be way longer expanded than, than what I'm giving you today. Which was its splendor, its majesty, and its strength. People, people, including the king, offered fabulous prices for the steed, but the old man always refused. The horse is not a horse to me, he would tell him. It's more than a horse. It's a friend, it's a companion. I treasure this horse, and I love this horse. Well, one morning, he found that the horse was not in the stable. He looked around, and he couldn't find the horse anyway, and then all the village people came down, and they said, You old fool. You see, you could have sold that horse, and had great treasure, and you wouldn't be poor. We warned you. That horse was too valuable to stay with you. Somebody was going to eventually rob you, and look what happened. They said, You could not protect such a valuable animal. If you would have been better, you would have just sold it. You could have got whatever price you wanted. No amount would have been too high, and now the horse is gone. You are cursed with the misfortune. The old man replied to the guy, to the village. He said, whether I have been cursed with misfortune or I have been blessed, I don't know. All I know is that my horse is gone. People, they got upset about that. They contested. Oh, don't make us out to be no fool. Man, we ain't no philosophers or nothing, but we know your horse is gone. And you've been cursed. Philosophers or nothing, but we know your horse is gone. And you've been cursed, without a doubt. Old man stuck to his guns. All I know is my horse is gone. Time went on. About 15 days, to be exact. That horse was a stallion, and when it had left, it left to find some mares. So when it returned, because the horse did return 15 days later, it brought back 12 mares. Now the village is coming again. Oh, we were wrong, we were so wrong, look at this. That beautiful horse of yours has brought back 12 more beautiful horses, oh, you got to be blessed. We were so wrong, old man replied. Whether I am cursed or I am blessed, I do not know. All I know is that my horse is home. This old fool. They didn't like it, but they had to go with it. Time goes on. His son is trying to break the wild horses. Because they're wild, so you got to break them. I don't know nothing about farming, horse ranching, but I believe you got to break them. (laughs) Okay? So he's out there trying to break the wild horses, and he falls off and breaks both his legs. Well, sure enough, who shows up? The village again. Oh, yeah. They're faithful, man. (laughs) So they come down. You old fool. I knew you was cursed. You see that? Now your son got both his legs broken. Look at that. Yo, food, da-da-da-da-da-da, da, 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 da they are going off. He says, man, rather I'm cursed or I'm blessed, I do not know. All I know is my son's legs are broken. Immediately afterwards, a war starts in the village, and the king has to force a draft for all the sons of all the families. And the war is bad. All the sons die, except for one. It's the the old man's son, because he's at home with broken legs. He didn't have to go fight in the war. So the village returns again, the old faithfuls. But their faces drenched with tears. They say, man, we were wrong. This whole time we've been wrong. You are blessed. Your son didn't have to go and die in this war. All our sons did. The old man said, curse the bless I do not know. All I know is my son is home. It was one guy out of the village that stepped up and said, man, every time we come here you say the same thing. I don't understand that. I perceive you to be a man of great wisdom or perhaps a prophet. The old man said, I'm none of those. I'm not a man of great wisdom, nor am I a prophet. He said, I'm a simple man and Simple as I know is as simple as I share. And all that I know is, is that all things are working together for the good, for those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I never forgot that story. What I'm coming out of today for my in season verse is that story. I mean, it's not that story, it's that verse. Romans 8.28, all things work together for the good of those who love God and call according to his purpose. In the Amplified, it says according to his plan and purpose. I like that in the Amplified because it reminds me of Proverbs 19, 21, where it says, Many are the plans of a man's heart, but it is the Lord's purpose that prevails. Okay. So we're gonna just work off of Romans 8.28. I am thankful to be able to stand here today and have anything to say worth of value, but I trust that you understand that nothing that I say is worth of value unless it's talking about what God is saying, okay? I don't think we have a problem with things working together for the good. None of us do. We like that part. I don't think we have a problem with things working together for the good to those of us who love God. We like that too. Nor do we have an issue with things working together for the good to those of us who love God and are called according to his purpose. We don't have an issue with that. We got an issue with all things. (laughs) All things is what we have a problem with. We like to change all things to these things or some things maybe a few things but we don't like all things because all things is going to include uncomfortable things painful things hurtful things there so me and my brother-in-law was was uh we was driving um i don't know where we was going we was going to a pick and pull or something Anyway, I'm driving in the sign, I got all the windows down. Now, Texas, if y'all, if y'all have not known, Texas was 110 degrees. I loved it. Right? The moment I got there, they said, they said, brother, Lyle, you, you came on the worst week ever. It's 110 degrees all week. I said, man, I'm here for that. That's exactly why I'm here, man. You know, right? Man, you crazy or something, man. Whatever. I'm here for it, man. <laughs> so we're riding, I got the windows down, and he's like. He has he had to ride with me that day, so so he's like, so do the AC work in this? <laughs> I said I don't know, man. I don't use it. Like I ride with the windows down everywhere, man. I don't know. He's like, oh man, that's 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 crazy. That's crazy, man. Uh, oh. you tell yourself, talking about that's true. Yeah, you know, you know, how right. So he say, he said that's crazy, man. So you just rode a thousand miles down here with no AC. I said, yeah, man. With the family. I said, yeah, bro. Oh, that's crazy, that's crazy. That don't make no sense. I said, AC gets me sick, my family is used to it. You know, I think AC gets me sick, let me say that. I think AC gets people sick, all right? I don't like to be cold, right, shivering. I don't like all that. So he like, so to his defense, he's, he puts up an argument that heat will kill you. And he can speak that, because in Texas, there are people falling down on the street because of the heat, so he can he can speak that. I understand what he's saying. The bottom line, though, is not to see who was right or wrong about our arguments, because I was probably right, right? <laughs> but <laughs> but it, it, was, it wasn't about that. It was about, when I went back to study, I thought about that argument, and it fits so timely with this, right? What are we really afraid of? Myself and my brother-in-law. We both have a fear that is pushing us to make the decisions we're making. I have, I'm have. i afraid of getting sick because I don't want to be uncomfortable, right? I don't like to be uncomfortable. And sick maybe can lead to death, but it's the uncomfortable part for me, all right? I ain't trying to be uncomfortable. I'm a big baby, you can ask my wife, when I'm sick. Everything in the house got to shut down when I'm sick, okay? So, She's tough though, she's, she's, she's tough as nails when she's sick. You, she, she's in denial, it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's crazy. My brother-in-law's fear was, not, and not for the sake of his self, but for his, his loved ones, right? His, his nephew and his, and his, and his um, sister. Uh, man, you can die out here in this weather, you know? But it was all fear-based, for both sides, right? That's a lot of what is driving us against the all things, fear-based. We don't wanna be uncomfortable, right? We don't wanna go through pain. We don't wanna hurt. We don't want those things, it's a fear-based uh, response. But here, here's what I sa- wanna to say to you about that. Vince did a sermon last week where he focused on John and First John, where it was none, none less than what what he was talking about was love. Okay, love one another, love God. In there, he took us to 1 John 4, 18, and this is, this is right how it starts off. In love, there is no fear. There is no fear in love. So it's hard. You see what I'm saying? Because me and my brother in law could have been at war with each other. We, we wasn't, thank God, right? But we could have been at war with each other and so many people like Andrew highlighted when he was ministering, during his in-season uh, sermons, we become, we bicker at each other. Over what? Yeah, we become savages with each other. Over what? Things that we fear, ultimately things that we fear, and we try to project them on each other, I want you to see it my way. Because I'm afraid if you don't see it my way, then maybe I'm wrong. But if I get you to see it my way, then I'm right. You get what I'm saying? That's the basis of, 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 of what we're doing. So let's deal with that on all things. Let's deal with that. Let's take a look at what all things does. Can you know the Lord as a restorer unless you've been restored? Can you know the Lord as a forgiver unless you've been forgiven? Can you know the Lord as a healer unless you've been healed? Can you truly say you know the Lord to be a redeemer unless you've been redeemed? Right? There was an old writer, uh, Andre Crouch, who wrote a song on his, he called it his deathbed. And his, he, he got up from it. But as he was there thinking that he was going to die, he said, he wrote these words out. He said, through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. So he had to go through something to realize that God had the power. God had that to pull him out of a situation. God is good. Less focused about the situation you're in and more focused about the person that's in the situation. He's trying to change us in the midst of the situation. That we can build from faith to faith. We love God. All those who are all those who love God. It's what we reading, right? Again, Vince in his sermon last week, he talked about loving God. What does that look like? How can one say they love God and they don't love their brother or their sister? You see your brother and sister every day. You don't see God. Yet you say you love the one you can't see, but you don't love the one you can see. Don't work that way. So if we're going to hold that dear to our heart, then we have to look at that. I want all things to work together for my good. But I got to also read the rest of it. This is for those who love God. And there's only one way the Bible is going to measure how you love God. And it's going to be based on how you love others. If he's done a thing in your life, and be a thing in someone else's. That to love God is to love others. That's what we read in 1 John 4 20. So what am I doing here today? That was the, that was the quick parts, y'all. We're we going to get into the, to the meat of it right now. But the, the focus today is not to hold you here, but it's to encourage you. It's to edify and keep you built up, right? That you may know What that woodcutter understood, right? That you may know with the Bible heroes who we come to love and read about throughout the scriptures, David, right? Standing in front of Goliath. What did David understand as he was, all of Israel was cowering down at the presence of Goliath, yet a shepherd boy shows up. He knows something different. What does he know? You get what I'm saying? How can he stand there and say, no, that that guy's going to fall today? It's nothing special about David. It's just about who David believed in. When David goes off to haul out his testimony, David speaks it clear. He speaks a testimony clear as day. He says, listen, man, as a shepherd, I have come across a lion and a bear who has took hold to my sheep, and I personally have took the mouth Of the lion and the bear. You hear me? Personally. But not by my power. By the Lord's strength. And the same God that did that. Is the same God that's going to strike this Philistine down today. That's a testimony. What the woodcutter knew. What David knew. What did Moses know? These are Bible heroes that we adore. What did Moses know? Moses was in the midst of the wilderness. And I remember this scripture, I got, to, I got to hear this scripture brought to my remembrance over the week too. I'm just bringing that stuff over the week, y'all. I was getting fed, man. And in the midst of the wilderness, there was, um, this is out of numbers, I'm sorry, 21. There was snakes that had, the Bible calls them fiery snakes that had began to nick at the heels of the people. And they were dying, right? And so Moses begins to pray for the people. And he, as he prays for the people, he's asking God, like, what do we do? Help us. God says, listen, I want you to take a, 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 a what was it, a serpent or a snake or whatever. I think they're the same, I guess. Don't, don't hold me to that. All right. <laughs> he puts it on this stick, on his staff. Okay. And he, he sticks that out there. And when the people looked upon that staff. They looked upon the serpent of that staff. What happens? The Bible says they begin to live. It never talked about the snakes was gone. The snakes were still there, they were still nipping and biting. But if you looked up in the midst of all the nicking and biting on your legs, you would live. You understand? Jesus talks about it later. He uses it. He says in what? As Moses lifted the staff, so should the son of man be lifted. Doesn't matter what's nicking and biting at you throughout this year, last year, whatever. You got to look up. I believe it was David who talked about he looked to the hills from which his help came from. We got to look up. I just want you to be encouraged. That old woodcutter knew something. David knew something. Moses knew something. Just be encouraged. We got something far greater than a fictional wood character, woodcutter, (laughs) far greater. See, we got the son of a real woodcutter. You understand? Who we can look to. It's not a fictional story. This is real. And this whole Bible writes about him and talks about him. And all we have to do is look to him. That's how all things are working together for your good. You love him. Love people. Do you know that you're called. You don't know if you're called according to his purpose and his plan. That would be an issue. But today I stand amongst a lot of believers. And the thing that we have to realize as we go through seasons in our life is remember who you are. Remember who called you and what did he call you for? You were called with a purpose. And Peter, first Peter, he talks about that we were called out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Do you remember what dark was? Because every one of us came from it. But bigger than that, do you remember what the marvelous light is? You get what I'm saying? Don't forget it, man. Stand on it. Live on it. Summing up that year, I went from a mobile tech manager from an automotive place to a technician out in Mason. Home garage. This is all bringing up to that year, um, to working out of my home garage as a mechanic, and uh, a guy came to me with a two hundred thousand dollar loan. He had watched me on the street. He said, "Man, I got a two hundred thousand loan for you. We're gonna go somewhere and we're gonna get a shop." And I'm like, "Okay, sounds good." Now I remember going back and I'm thinking, "Lord, I'm like, all right, Lord, I see you doing something. I don't know what you're doing, but..." All right, I ain't asked for the loan. The guy just popped up out of nowhere. So me and this guy would go look at different shops. He never, never did none of them. He, I don't know what the dude was doing. He never took no shop. Didn't matter. I said, okay. At some point in this time, me and my wife had uh, felt bankruptcy. That was new. That was a new season in my life. Found bankruptcy. You ever, remember, I found bankruptcy. Everybody hand their hands up. No, keep, keep them to yourself. <laughs> New season in my life. We, we, so we filed bankruptcy. Um, and, you know, I'm going to tell you something, man. When we filed, it was in December of 2019. COVID hit January for us. 2020 I said Lord I'm not listening how did I miss that you understand you understand what was happening <laughs> right after we filed bankruptcy they was doing all kind of stuff for people you heard me I said man maybe I wasn't listening but I was I was listening it was right on time and so this last season I'm coming out of this bankruptcy me and my wife are on our last year to finish that off um, so I got that going on, uh, and early in the season, bankruptcy, you're not supposed to be able to buy nothing, do nothing, $200,000 loan, dude, we kind of split away. I'm like, hey, brother, just keep that, because I don't know what's going on with it. And I get a call from a guy who I used to work for years ago, who was selling his business, and he wants me to buy it. Three hundred thousand dollars is what he's selling the business for. Two hundred thousand dollars is what the guy wanted me to loan for, and I'm bankrupt. I'm bankrupt. I ain't getting no loan. Three hundred thousand dollars the guy wants to sell me this business. I said, Why you want to sell it to me, Steve? Ain't nobody, nobody else should get it. I said, What the heck? I don't understand. It ain't for me to understand. Okay. God is doing something. I said, Man, I don't got no three hundred thousand. I'm gonna go ahead and part ways with you right now about that. He calls me two months later. He says, Steve, I'm gonna make you an offer you can't refuse. What's that? I'm gonna split that in half. It's gonna be $150,000. Gonna buy the business. I'm looking at the same predicament. <laughs> I ain't got no $150,000 either, bro. <laughs> Sounds good. I ain't got it. Let's part ways. Call him back again. Say, Steve, this is what I'm going to do. I understand you got the bankruptcy and all that. Probably ain't going to get no loan. But I want you to have this business. And this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to finance it myself. I'm going to finance this quarter million dollar company so that you have it. Myself. I said, okay, I said, just give me 20000 down, it's yours. $20,000. <laughs> I got a $20,000 just sitting around. I stand here today, we got the business. God is good. God is good. So all this last season I've been running a business um, on top of the automotive business because remember what the guy wanted to do, he wanted to get the shop, right? Well when I bought this business, the tow company, it came with a shop. So it's a whole island, it's a whole island with a strip, so it's businesses all throughout the island, but particularly where the tow company is, there's a shop attached to it. So I got the shop, I got the tow company, I got the island, so I don't have to pay. The whole thing, because people paying us to be on the island, yeah. so it's it's all right. So we went through that family issues. Daughter turned 18 last year. I can look around and see who got teenagers and who don't. <laughs> she turned 18 last year. There was a lot of uh, drama and uh, emotional outbursts and confusion that was just with me okay. let alone with my daughters ain't about my daughter it's about me okay so you had that going my son who's going through football he's 15 years old Not my youngest he's he's been in, he's been a saint my youngest he's just the boss of the house and we I ain't going through nothing with him we just give let him have his way my uh, 15-year-old, though, he's, uh, he's puffing up football practice, you know, getting all tough. You know what I mean? I mean? Dad, I like to hit stuff. I'm like, okay. Yeah, that's him. So, yeah. So he bumping into me on purpose in the house. You know? So I got that. Uh, you know, we got to deal with my my tough son and my dramatic daughter. And they got to deal with their tough dad and their dramatic father. So. It's been fun, Uh, but what do you do in those moments when you're in in that time in your life, you know? This is a look-up moment, that's what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's a look-up moment. So it's, it's important to understand that my children may be going different ways in their lives, and to me it may look like hearts filled with rebellion, especially for my daughter, but what I'm saying is it may look that way, but I gotta hold on to something. And the anchor that I hold on to is all things are working together for the good to those who love God. You understand? So I'm moving on through it, y'all. We get we getting there. We getting there. Um uh, Yeah. I started to, to title this House Business because of the business aspects of it but ultimately I ended up just saying man if, if it was going to be a title then it would be House Purpose. That's that's the key. we 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 done then with the call then we've done with the love of God we've done in with the all things we're going to end it with the purpose. Because um, that's that would be the question. A lot of a lot of During my last season, a lot of people came to me and they said, how is business? I I want to repent myself to a lot of y'all because y'all was left confused after you asked the question. You was like, I don't know, what the heck I just got from Steve. I asked him, "How was business? He was just regurgitated some nonsense. I'm like... (laughs) Anyway, what I'm saying is, how is purpose? Okay. Here's here's my mindset on that, and I hope y'all understand what I mean. How is... Business. Business may be running smooth. Business may be booming. Business may be excelling beyond your imagination, but the man or the woman in the business may be dying. You understand what I mean? Especially when we're talking about our brothers and sisters, right? Are we more concerned about what our brothers and sisters has going on or are we more concerned with our brothers and sisters? You understand? Okay? So, I'm more cons- I want us to all be more concerned with each other physically and spiritually, um, not just what we're doing, right? How are you? Would probably be a better question, right? For each of us. I'm talking to myself too. Um, how is purpose? is what I'm coming up with, it's more accurate, because it's a reminder for what we're called to. I need that from time to time, y'all. I need a reminder for what I'm called to. So, business is defined by your regular occupation, your profession, or your trade. Your purpose is defined, and this this is the Webster, okay? So I ain't just making up my own definitions here. This is Webster. I think we can all kind of go with Webster's. Maybe, I think, I, you know, I may get a lecture later and Webster's not, we don't go with Webster. I may get that later. <laughs> standing on Webster for right now, though. Okay? <laughs> Webster is defining business as a regular occupation or professional trade of a person. It's defining purpose, however, as the reason for which they are created and or they exist. It's different. How is, your, how is your purpose? How is purpose going for you, man? The reason why you were created, the reason why you exist, how's that going? Jesus, in Matthew five thirteen, he tells us that you are the salt of the earth. You are the light of the world. I was reading, man, I've been reading all week and I've been reading through all these commentaries and objections and everybody got stuff they want to throw at it. And they just going off about the salt there. And it was, boy, it was very smart people that was going off about salt being used and, and one, one of the guys, his objection was, he says, he says that salt is an unfair metaphor that is used there to describe what Jesus was trying to to say okay it's an unfair metaphor because they said there is no way this salt loses its saltiness its salt right so they they was you know these are brilliant scholars way smarter than me and I, I I said okay then there was another guy who was probably just as wise as that guy, but he, he said, listen, I don't think Jesus was making it about flavor. I think he was trying to show you that what you think is unthinkable is what, is what he's saying should be unthinkable to us. A Christian or a believer or follower of Christ walking around without purpose should be absolutely unthinkable for us. You understand? So you are the salt of the earth. We are meant to preserve what is without it would just rot away. Um, A while back, Vince did a good sermon on that. um, When you dealt with that, these these scripture in Matthew. Um, But yeah, so you know, getting on a podcast, go find that. Maybe, maybe somebody in connection can tell you which one that was. Go find it, because it's good. We, we need to understand that, man. We're here to preserve. And, you know, if you want to take the taste approach, because it is there, you can look at it and see that it is there. If you want to take that approach, don't think of it as taste as seasoning, but think of it as, if it is, if salt is there, then it is fresh the taste, because it's preserved. The absence of the salt being there, then the taste is rotten. You understand? Yes. That makes sense? <laughs> okay, I see some heads bobbing, so I think that makes sense. Because nobody wants to eat rotten food. And I don't, it doesn't matter which you are, vegan, carnivore, doesn't matter, right? Rotten plants, going into your body still tastes rotten and they are not edifying you. So, wherever you find yourself on that, I don't think none of us want to eat nothing rotten. So if taste is where you hung up on, then, then stay there. But just remember, it's about tasting something spoiled or tasting something fresh. Let us be the reason why people in this dark world can experience something fresh, okay? Light of the world. There was a guy who was breaking down the light part and he said, well this is, it's to expose the sin. It's to expose the darkness. I don't agree to the extent of that is what Jesus is calling us, light of the world for. Jesus is the light, okay? So if there's gonna be some exposing to sin, Let's leave that to Jesus. We, on the other hand, (laughs) when he says we are the light of the world, do we really have to walk around trying to expose everybody's sin? No. Let the word of God do that. It stands on its own. It'll do it on its own. However, when he's talking about us being the light, I do go with this philosopher who says, light in more of a way where we give hope to new possibilities. If you think about a light being flickered in a dark cave, if you're in the dark, you see light, you get hope. You can't find your way out till you get some light. It's a dangerous process going around, bumping and bruising, falling and we need light. So let us be that for each other. Let us be that for others. All right, you are the salt of the earth, and Amplified, it, it reads it off as you are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its taste, parentheses, it says purpose, which is why you hear me saying it the way I'm saying it. If the salt has lost its purpose, how can it be made salty? It is no longer good for anything but to be thrown out and walked upon. All right, all right. We're going to skip that. We're going to get ready to close. Called. Invitation. If you are called, you have been invited to something. This is what he's talking about in Romans 8, 28. He's talking about you being invited. Peter, he writes that you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood. Am I messing this up, y'all? Should I do something? I hear a lot of fuzz. Chosen generation, royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people—that you should show forth. The prayer. Hold on, on, on. that's my writing. (laughs) Yeah, you got it. Thank you, brother. Get that for me, man. Appreciate it. It was getting fuzzy, wasn't it? A little bit. Yeah. You were kinda breathing hard because you're preaching good. I was uh Yeah, my jacked up handwriting, I'm gonna get away from that. All right. So that you may proclaim the excellence of him who has called you out of darkness into the marvelous light. We spoke about that earlier. But that's that's what we talking about an invitation, y'all. It's an invitation Jesus had wrote for many are called but few are chosen and when he had wrote that he was talking in in the, in the book of Matthew 22 and I'm not we don't have to go there what i what I want you to see though is there was a, a back to back to back before he ever gets there there was a constant response from the people that were being called that were being invited this is why he ends up saying many are few are chosen right This was the response that was going when the when the invitation first was extended. There was refusal. The first people refused it. Then they ignored it. Then they rejected it. Then they ridiculed those who came to bring the invitation, and then they harmed and humiliated them. They ended up insulting, and the Bible says that they even killed them. People went out to extend an invitation and at some points they end up losing their lives. Are we prepared for that? We who are called, are we prepared to go out and call others? Because That's a part of our purpose, even to the point of death. In Book of Revelations, when it is talking, it says, I want to give you that one. Now. Hold on. We're we going to end with this one. But this book of Revelations, chapter 12, it says this. And they overcame him because of the blood of the lamb. Who was the day? They. The overcomers, that is the believers, okay? We overcome because of the blood of the lamb. Who is the blood of the lamb? That's Jesus. And because of the word of their testimony. Testimony doesn't make sense if you're not calling somebody to what you've been called to. Makes no sense. Otherwise, you're just bragging and boasting, all right? Yeah. So you're telling somebody your testimony in hopes that they can receive the same one who you receive. You understand? Okay. so it's by the word of their testimony. And they did not. Look how he finishes it. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. This morning we sung a song. it talks about nothing can separate us from the love of God I ain't always gonna sing that today I was so blessed that we did because when Paul is finishing up in Romans 8 he ends it that way he ends it with saying I am fully convinced that neither death nor life Nor angels, nor principalities, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You have nothing to fear. You've been called with a purpose. You got nothing to fear. The things that we are going through in life, in our seasons of life. They're not meant to break us down, but they're meant to build us up. The trials and tribulations, we are taught to rejoice in those. Now, nah, I, I ain't the first one to jump out and rejoice in every trial and tribulation. Don't get me <laughs> huh? But we got to remember that. All right. So this today, this is what it's about. It's about bringing you back to remembrance of that thing. Keep you encouraged. Keep you edified. Build you up. When Jesus is finishing off that Matthew invitation, this is what Jesus talks about. He says, there was one man in there that was invited when, when they went out to all the people. This is good and the bad. Bring them all in here. Because those ones that we first gave the invitation to, which you're going this, this to, this goes in parallel to what Paul is doing here. If you just read 4th and 9, 10 and all that, he's talking about who was first given this. And they were blinded. He's talking about the Jewish, um, the Israelites. And they were blinded. Right. It's all in parallel. But those will be the first. They rejected it. God was in control of it all. All things work together for the good. It's all purposeful. All right. It's not the bastard Israelites. It's, it's how the Gentiles get in. You reject it. It goes to the Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I am now in. Yeah. All right. OK. Yeah. Now the Israelites will get that back. OK. They will get a chance to get back in. Paul is going to that's what Paul is writing about. All right, they're going to get a chance to receive it They ain't got to stay blind. That's that's the point. All right, but There is a guy who's in there In matthew 22, he's in there at the table ready to eat with everybody else good and the bad. and The king points this person out. He says you Why are you not dressed? in the proper attire And the guy has no answer. He's stuck there. He is then escorted out of the party. That's harsh to a lot of us, right? Man, why the heck would he put a guy out? Well, can we see that he wasn't the only one that was invited in? There were many that were in. And this is why Jesus ends it with that. Many are called, few are chosen. Because There were many that were invited in. But only one, they talk about, didn't take on the attire. Only one did not take on the attire. God is good, he is merciful, and he is gracious. If he invites you to something, I guarantee you, he will provide you with what you need. He will give you the provisions. It's up to you if you're going to reject it or receive it. This particular person was singled out for one main reason. That's why he didn't have an answer. He rejected it. See, he felt, maybe he felt he deserved to be there. Man, what took you so long to call me? Maybe he felt, upon receiving the invitation, that since he was called, and even though the clothing was Handed to him, he said, man, the king will take me as I am. I don't need that. He knows me. That's why he called me. So we got a lot of that mentality, right? Folk fail to realize, though. He calls us. But he ain't trying to leave us where we are. Thing is about growth. Okay? Blessed are those, Revelations 22, we'll finish. Blessed are those who wash their robes in the blood of Christ by believing and trusting in Him, the righteous, who do His commandments, so that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter by the gates into His city. May those people come. And let the ones who hear say come. Let the ones who are thirsty come. Let the ones who wish to take and drink the water of life without cost come. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you for your word that has been spread this day. Father, we thank you for all the teachings that you give us. We thank you for loving us and caring for us. And Father, we thank you that nothing that happens or goes on in our life can separate us from you. So Father, let us never separate ourselves from you. For each and every person that we have been called to, by receiving the calling of you first, let us be diligent in loving them. Sharing compassion and trusting you in it all that all of it is working together for the good, because we love you and we are called according to you and your grand purpose. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to audio from Love City Church, located in Cincinnati, Ohio. Feel free to make copies of this message to give to others, but please do not charge for those copies or alter the content in any way without permission. To give,